Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodning, the entertainment editor here at Mamma Mia. I'm Holly Wainwright and I don't usually host The Spill. I normally host Mamma Mia Out Loud and This Glorious Mess, which are two other of Mamma Mia's podcasts. But today I'm in my happy place talking about celebrities with none other than Laura Brodnick. On the show today, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle claim to have no involvement in the new book about their life that's making headlines. So why do we think there might be more to the story than they're letting on? When I first met my now husband, my British friend said to me, I'm sure he's great, but you shouldn't do it. And Kieran Stott. He started off as a fan favourite on this year's season of The Bachelor in Paradise. So why are fans now calling him the villain? But to kick off the show today, Laura, there's some baby news. And of course, very exciting for your parents because you are now Mrs. Jonas. Well, yes. <laughs> no, you got married. I did get married. Yes, I'm not making this I, up. No, no, no. <laughs> In a kind of dark world at the moment, we kind of needed a little bit of happy celeb news. So Sophie Turner, who's best known for her role on Game of Thrones, and her husband Joe Jonas, who's known for being in the Jonas Brothers, yep. have welcomed their first child, a daughter who um, it's been claimed, because TMZ, of course, has already found her birth certificate, named Willa. Oh, like W-I-L-L-A. Yes. Willa, very Willa cute. Willa Jonas. So um, they never formally announced anything about the, the birth or, or having the child or anything like that but we kind of did know she was pregnant because of some pesky pat photos that have been surfacing of her out and about in LA. It's very 2020 celebrity to not announce a pregnancy, isn't it? It's like if you can slide it under the radar or at least not announce it till really late, that's on brand. Yeah, exactly. It used to be you do the whole magazine spread thing and then it was the whole Instagram reveal, but now it's um, just kind of releasing one kind of statement to the press is the in vogue thing to do. Now, I feel like I know them not because of the music videos that I've seen her in of his, but because I witnessed that handheld homemade video of their wedding in Vegas. When was that? So that was in May 2019, kind of going back then. So they were together for about two years before they made their first red carpet debut after meeting, as all the kids do nowadays, on Instagram DM. Oh, and, did um, they? Yeah. that's Because obviously she is Sansa Stark, which is why I'm very invested in her yes. life. I'm not a Jonas Brothers person, but I was like, Sansa Stark? Yes, and that's how they got together through um, Instagram DMs. And then they had a wedding in Vegas, which was their legal wedding before they had their big traditional wedding. Like yeah, a good time. exactly. And so they hadn't actually meant to put anything out about that. It was just to kind of get the formalities over. They got married in a little chapel. Um, I think she was wearing a jumpsuit. She had a candy ring. They got married by an Elvis impersonator and then Diplo, who just happened to be there. Oh, and so then he wasn't he even started, invited. No, I think they were like, we're going to get married. You can come if you want. He was like, yeah, I'll come. And then while he was, <laughs> while they were in the chapel, he started live streaming it. And then he took a heap of photos and posted them everywhere. And she um, gave a really 
interesting um, interview on the Graham Norton show where she talked about the fact that he was not the official photographer, but that's how we know about their <laughs> wedding. So, yeah, some happy baby news for today. Don't invite Diplo anywhere near the birthing suite. Over the weekend, we were given our first proper glimpse into the highly anticipated new biography about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It's called Finding Freedom, Harry and Meghan and the Making of a Modern Royal Family. The upcoming biography of the couple was serialised by the Times and the Sunday Times this weekend. Excerpts from the upcoming book claiming Harry felt as though he and Meghan had long been sidelined by the institution. The author is describing jealousy and tension between the globally popular Sussexes and Prince William and his wife, the Duchess of Cambridge. Now, this book is not supposed to be authorised. It's an unauthorised biography, but it's getting a lot of cred. Like the Times, for a start, is a very reputable broadsheet newspaper, and if they're serialising it, it can't be all trash. But Laura, tell me, what are some of the things we found out and how credible do we think it is? Well, it's done by two journalists who are notable royal journalists who have followed the couple for a long time. So that's kind of got people thinking that a lot of these sources are really credible. And they've said that they've spoken to over 100 different people for the book. So either people who used to work for the royal family and friends and family. And they said they didn't put any piece of information into the book without having at least two credible sources confirm it to them. So that's already kind of interesting, even though Meghan and Harry did release their own statement saying that they hadn't been interviewed for the book. So a few kind of interesting things that have come out about it. So the first one is obviously everyone's been wanting to know about the whole relationship between Prince Harry and his brother William and the book claims to have kind of the conversation that kicked off their alleged feud. Oh, and what is it? So apparently when um, Harry started dating Meghan Markle, they sat down and had a conversation and Prince William said, you know, you've only met this girl a couple of times, so just take it slow and kind of see how it goes. And apparently it was those two words, that girl, that Prince Harry's friend said really set her off. And one of his best friends, who they haven't named, said that he could tell that William was just being a snob. And that kind of set off this whole thing of the whole palace kind of being against her. I love that because... The thing is, is on the surface of it, it seems like quite a reasonable thing, right? Is that given how these men and their lives and how much pressure and scrutiny, I don't know, they just, their lives are not like ours, Laura. As fabulous as we are, they are not. Every single thing they do has been watched since they were tiny little boys. And anyone that Harry has dated has had her life pulled apart. So on the surface of it, William saying to his little brother, like, hey, mate, just mm. be careful, don't rush into anything seems like quite a reasonable thing but as everybody knows about siblings and family they know exactly how to push your buttons so harry could tell that when will just said that girl he meant that girl like yeah yeah and the book also goes on to say it's getting a little game of thrones in there that the three different houses within the palace sussex cambridge and clarence that's it yes we're all um against each other at the time and that megan and harry were trying to set up their own office and they were called um among the staff the squeaky third wheel of royal life and megan was also referred to as again allegedly as the book is saying as harry's showgirl which kind of started off that whole thing of pushing her out of the family It's really interesting. One of the things I liked from seeing this is because obviously the tabloids have loved to beat up that it was Kate and Meghan who were at loggerheads. Yes. Because there's nothing that the tabloid press likes more than two women who hate each other. But this seems to suggest that it wasn't really the drama between Kate and Meghan, that they didn't really get along that well, like they didn't have much in common, but it was much more to do with Wills and Harry and the pressure and the internal workings of the royal family and what Harry wanted to do with his title and what Wills wanted to do with his house rather than the women 
scratching each other's eyes out over a pair of tights at a wedding or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. And the book kind of says that speaking to all of their different friends and people working in the palace, that things between Meghan and Kate were actually quite okay for a long time, even though they were never close friends. And it didn't really get to that breaking point until that really infamous footage of their final royal engagement, which we've talked about in the show, where they sort of weren't seen making yes. any kind of eye contact across. But that was after nearly a year of all this internal kind of struggle between their husbands. So yeah, it's a really interesting look. So they couldn't even bring themselves to like smile and say hi to each other just for the cameras. So obviously, as you've said, that Harry and Meghan have said they weren't interviewed for the book, but so far they haven't come out and said this is nonsense, have they? In the way that William and Kate have been quite quick to sue newspapers who they think are misrepresenting the feud, in inverted commas, between the houses. It doesn't seem like Harry and Meg's want to completely can this book? Yeah, it's almost like they've given it a silent seal of approval, I would say, because all they said in their statement is that they weren't formally interviewed as kind of like that was their messaging. And people just find it so odd, like so many royal watchers looking at, they would have this much intimate details. I mean, there's a whole passage in this book we can see from the extract where it's Meghan Markle in talking about this time she was in the bathtub FaceTiming her father and FaceTiming her friends and telling another close friend that she gave up everything for this family. And it almost feels like how would you get that kind of an intimate detail without having some sort of conversation with the couple and the fact that they haven't actually come out and denied anything I think is a really strong indicator. Also because the two authors have started doing their press for the book they keep getting interviewed and their wording in their interviews is really interesting because the journalists keep saying to them but did you interview Harry and Meghan and they keep saying no we formally didn't. They always say we formally didn't. They've never said in any kind of interview we didn't speak to them or we didn't have some kind of so conversation that with them. that there was some level of cooperation. And it wouldn't be the first time that a royal has cooperated with a biography but not overtly. Princess Diana did that too yes. with um, biographies of her where she gave permission for her friends and her inner circle to talk to the writer even though she didn't explicitly endorse it. Oh my God, I can't wait to read more about this. And because the fact they've actually come off quite well in this, it's almost like the story that they could never tell that's now getting out there to the world. So I feel like they've definitely had some sort of involvement. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Kieran and Kiki may have been intimate with each other and they may know each other quite well. I'm definitely feeling like pop prophecy and everybody wants a bit of me. Nice one, ladies. Keep it coming. Now... Back a bit closer to home and a television obsession of the nation at the moment, Bachelor in Paradise. I'm kind of watching this, Laura, like I've seen it in the world and I'm obviously watching it unfold on Mamma Mia quite a lot. But Kieran Stott, I am familiar with him because I watched Angie Kent's season of The Bachelorette last year. I quite enjoyed it. And Kieran Stott is from where I'm from. He's from Manchester in England. And he was in that show. He was kind of the lovable, naughty boy. Like That was his vibe. And women of Australia fell in love with him hard, even though like on the face of it, you know, he's a very heavily tattooed, very shredded kind of 
he gives off a bit of a playboy vibe, but he managed definitely on The Bachelorette to convince us that he was a good guy. I hear that's not what's happening on Bachelor in Paradise and that Australia has turned on him pretty quickly. Yeah, so the tide has really turned on this. So going into Bachelor in Paradise, he, it was seen as his big chance to finally have this big proper turn in the spotlight because a lot of fans thought if he had stayed on Angie Kent's season and not had to leave halfway through because of the death of his grandmother, that he would have made it to the end or even ended up with her. And everyone was like, it's kind of like he's the Romeo that missed out on his shot. And even a lot of the contestants, like when I interviewed Abby Chatfield before this season, she said that she was going there to meet him. So specifically to Batch in Paradise to meet Kieran because they kind of know who's going to come, right? Yeah. They exactly. might not have been given the cast list, but they know. Like they know yeah. on the great The producers vine. kind of give yeah. him a bit of incentive. So on the first episode of Batch in Paradise, which I did kind of watch. Right. Abby and some of the other girls were there having their cocktails and as the guys were walking in, she was just like, but where's Kieran, where's Kieran? Yep. And then he walked in and she was happy. So exactly. what happened after and that? And then things kind of went a little bit south. So he kind of had a bit of a relationship with, not a relationship with, with Abby, but there was kind of romantic interest there and then he gave a rose to someone else so she was sent home. He then started developing a relationship with Jess Brody on the show and then when Kiki Morris appeared on the show, he then told Jess that... Um, he was kind of paraphrasing that he was done with her, that he still wanted to be mates, which is something that the guys in this show say a lot just as they dump a girl, but that they weren't boyfriend and girlfriend. And so he then moved on to Kiki Morris, who people are saying that he already knew before he went on the show. And apparently that's who he's ended up with because there's a lot of paparazzi photos of them at the moment going to different events. But into this mix was Renee Bartlett. Now, this is kind of where people started to turn on him because there was a lot of sympathy for him when he left The Bachelorette because, you know, he really cried on camera, as you would with your grandmother passing away, and there was a lot of emotion there. Then fans started alleging that his grandmother's funeral hadn't happened at that time at all and that he had just done that because he was in a relationship with Renee Bartlett at the time. So he was forced then to go on his Instagram account and put up screenshots of his grandmother's funeral service, which was I thought that side was taking it a bit too far. But then it came out that allegedly he had left Angie Kent to go back to Renee and then he actually confirmed on Bachelor in Paradise that he had cheated on her. So all this kind of stuff that they had about him. And then they brought her in. And then they brought her in exactly. And that's when he kind of had to say to the camera that, yes, he cheated on her. And that started the whole mix and of kind of everyone seeing him in a different light. So basically, in a nutshell, we thought that he was this really lovable, lovely young man who had been through some trauma in his life and was back to kind of meet the love of his life on this show. And that's come out that he's, you know, dumping this girl, that he was cheating with this girl, that he's broken up with this person. And so fans have just completely turned against him. And everyone's got that feeling at the moment watching the show that it's that moment where you realise the guy you thought was the good guy is actually just a player. Yes, absolutely. Because I think there's also been some kind of like he was supposed to be with one of them and then she got food poisoning and then he was in bed with the other like he just as you say he's just been exposed as a player is the right word so the thing that's interesting to me is if I'm Kieran Stott and my strategy is I'm flying high after the bachelorette everybody loves me I'm Australia's new favorite pommy bad boy I'm gonna go on this show and further myself but he's gone on the show and behaved in this way didn't he know this was coming or could this be one of those bad editing things or do you think that he just showed his true colors 
I think probably the true colours is more the vibe that we're getting from him. I mean, the thing is, they're such different franchises and that's what I think a lot of contestants go into it thinking that they'll come out looking a different way. So I think in Angie Kent's season, he had to be very wholesome almost and lovable because those are the contestants that make it through to the end. Whereas Bachelor in Paradise, it's more about having these romantic relationships so you always have someone to give you a rose or getting that screen time of being in those major storylines and edits. And also this season, they've kind of ramped up the drama a little bit to make it a less which must be a maths reaction right exactly so they're having the buller banquets now which like the maths dinner parties and those are specifically designed to have the contestants get into these love triangles and have those fights and have those big emotional moments so I feel like it's a thing of like he's just acting as the person he actually is and where it's just not how we'd seen him so that's why people are reacting but I also think he's just playing the game to an extent and also the whole show is about hooking up with different of people, course. isn't it? That's, I actually don't think this he's done anything thing. that like, wrong. This is the thing is that I'm hilarious because I watched that season and I quite liked him, but I really liked Tim, Tim Mimi, yes. as we call him with the double M. And I was quite convinced by the end of that when he was heartbroken when Angie didn't pick him. And then I saw him on Batch in Paradise and, of course, like Angie who? Like he's yeah, exactly. 25 other young girls who he's interested in. And I was like, Holly, what did you think? <laughs> like, who do you think these dudes are? No offence. Who do you think these dudes are who want to go on the show and go to Paradise? And anyway, so I guess you get what you get. But I do feel like if Kieran had turned up in the Monmere office for a PR photo shoot a while ago, the women of the office would have mobbed him. Absolutely, yeah. And they would have all been like, I want my picture with Kieran. And now if he walked in here, they'd all be like, no. Exactly. We just have questions for that young man. Laura, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Spill today and for tolerating me filling in for the lovely Key Reese, who hopefully will be better soon. You can get in contact with us anytime by emailing us at thespill at mamamia.com.au or jumping in our Facebook group where there's all kinds of conversation about the TV shows we're watching, the gossip that we're loving, Harry and Meghan, whatever you want to talk about. It's all in there. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rachel Hart and we'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye! Bye! Bye.